0: hey there friends before we get going on today's episode i just wanted to offer a brief apology for falling off on dropping new episodes the last several months many of us have experienced unprecedented challenges and hardship over the past year and i'm no exception though i've managed to keep myself in a pretty good place physically mentally and emotionally i really struggled with a protracted period of unemployment and financial difficulty That forced me to really circle the wagons and focus on providing whatever measure of security I could manage for myself and my family. It really has been such a painful and uncertain time for the collective, and yet I know I'm really fortunate compared to so many others. However, things have taken a turn for the better in recent weeks, and I have a ton of optimism for this year. So that's good news. I've also been having conversations with people about joining me here on the podcast. And now that things are beginning to return to a certain state of homeostasis, I'm excited to get back into this. I love having these conversations and gain a ton of value from having them. I hope you do too. So thank you for having patience with me. It means a ton, and it gives me confidence to move forward into this year with renewed commitment to serving you and my community in a really meaningful way. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Now about today's guest... I am really excited to introduce you to my guest today. Jill Martucci-Lang and I met over Instagram last summer and quickly developed a personal rapport that can only be described as soulmate-level connection. Jill is a love and relationships coach who works primarily with women and couples to create greater connection to themselves and each other through alignment and embodiment of our divine masculine and feminine energy. Our conversation focuses Specifically on bringing consciousness into our lives and our intimate relationships with others. I honor her work and her contribution to the deepening of connections between people. And I hope you find not only entertainment in this conversation, but some really solid advice you can apply in your own life and intimate relationships. This is a really fun one, and I hope you enjoy. So let's get into it. Let's be honest. Life can be pretty hard at times. We all face choice points and crises, large and small, each and every day. And it can be difficult to determine the best path to take in the moment. The one that will serve to improve our overall experience of life and that aligns with our values, beliefs, and core principles. This life without limits aims to illuminate ways we can transform our lives in order to render them more powerful, productive, enjoyable, fulfilling, and yeah, with virtually no limitations. I'll be hosting conversations with men and women who have powerful insights to share with respect to how they have transformed their own lives, and I'll also be sharing some of my own experiences related to aspects of spirituality, mental and emotional health, physical health and fitness, and living a life of service, which supports my mission to give you the tools you need to cultivate a lasting and durable sense of holistic well-being in your own life. What can you do to help grow this mission? Subscribe to This Life Without Limits wherever you enjoy podcast content and follow along on Facebook or Instagram by searching for This Life Without Limits and giving us a like or a follow. You can also learn more by visiting my website, Weston and clicking on this life without limits in the navigation bar. So if you're ready to achieve escape velocity in your life, I hope you'll join us and spread the word to others, you know, who could use some support in this realm. Thanks so much for joining me. And now on to today's episode. Folks, um, I am very pleased to be sitting here at the table today with my very dear friend, Jill Martucci Lang. There you go. How about that? I was I like working in anyways. I like yeah, it. that's good. Um, also famously known as Coach Jilly in the socials. Um, thank you for helping make this happen.
1: We've been talking about this for a while. This is-
0: it's been a minute. Yeah. Um, and I was, uh, you know, I won't dwell on this for too long, but I've just been on on the road up to D.C. to drop my daughter off at college and came through Charlotte. And, you know, like I said, we've been trying to put this thing together. And so I got my ass kicked at CrossFit this morning.
1: You didn't die shout or throw up. You no.
0: Shout out to CrossFit Weddington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, But that's not where we're not here to talk about CrossFit today. <laughs> Um, we're here to talk about conscious relationships. I think that's a good place for us to to sort of dwell today. Yeah,
1: this could be a five hour podcast.
0: Yeah, in fact I was thinking about that on the drive over here. Um, that that we definitely are gonna have a lot more things to talk about, but just for the sake of staying focused, um, I would really just like to talk about, you know, that which I feel like is your core competency, what you've, you know, done most of your training in and um, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, you know, but maybe um, for the benefit of the audience, you can just kind of tell us a little bit about your background. Well, let's do background in a minute. What, like, what do you do right now? Um, types of clients you work with? Like, what's what's going on with um, with your business?
1: I am a life, love, and relationship coach. You know, in the coaching space, are like, "What do you do? What is your?" You know, I'm a transformation coach. I'm an executive coach. I'm mm-hmm. a So that kind of, I felt like encompassed what I do, where my business is, where I've been led, or where is is really just working with women like myself. So I work with a lot of, I work with a lot of high achieving women whose career, their business life is squared away, and then their love life's a mess, Hmm. or. I also work with couples who are not connecting. So in the relationship space there lately I've worked with a lot of people in the who are dating. And that's where I've had a lot of experience over the last year or more is with online dating, staying in my learning to stay in my feminine energy versus masculine mm-hmm. energy. We could go down a whole rabbit hole there, but yeah, most of my clients are women. So I work with them a lot around um, worthiness, mm. boundaries, mm. staying in their bodies, mm. and being able to express what's going on, being able to notice and express what's going on inside of themselves. Because most of us are really, I would say, I'll speak for women, most of us women are very disconnected from our
0: bodies. Sure. What has that journey been like for you? Cause I assume this wasn't always, and we should also say that it is a journey, right? Like we're not at a certain place and you cross the finish line or anything like that. But what is that journey to this point looked like for you personally? Because I think, you know, a lot of people who may, um, you d- develop some sort of interest in, uh, personal growth or, um, development or, you know, be looking at, uh, coaching, you know, hiring a coach or something like that, or a mentor. Um, they think maybe that person has it all figured out uh-huh. and all together, you know? Yeah, right. So I'm curious if you would talk maybe just a little bit about, you know, your journey to a place of worthiness, you know, and, um, and, and confidence in being able to, to express yourself and, and, Um, and also, you know, hold space for the people that you're looking to help and heal.
1: So my story, I've always been, I've always been a teacher Mm. at heart. I homeschooled my kids. Um, I wanted to go to college and be a teacher. And so the irony is that even though I did not go get a degree and a teaching certificate or a degree, um, you know, I ended up, I teach everywhere I go, Mm. um, when I was younger, people always came to me for the, what do you think? And can I get your advice? or So that really was wired into me. Very early on, it took me a while to figure that out. But mm-hmm. when my 22-year marriage ended, I distinctly remember having a hot conversation with myself that sounded like, how did you get here? Mm-hmm. What part of this mess did you make how are you going to clean it up and how are you going to keep from making this kind of mess again and what i realized is that i was um terribly codependent i had no real sense of i remember i did choose to move out i left the situation myself but i remember sitting in this very house that you're sitting in with me right now thinking what do i want for dinner Mm. i didn't Every decision had been made for me for so long and I had been taught or conditioned to question the decisions that I did make to the point where I remember being here for a few weeks and being almost paralyzed with the freedom to choose. (laughs) So I spent a year of my life in codependence anonymous. It's an actual 12 step program. I spent two 22 solid months in therapy with the most amazing therapist. He really did function a lot like a coach. Mm -hmm. I would leave every week with homework and I was serious about doing my homework. Mm -hmm. And besides that, I was just voraciously reading whatever I could. Once I understood that I got where I was because of me, because of series of my own choices, because a lack of connection with my own intuition and my own inner wisdom. And that somehow led me to gain Katie Hendricks. So I'm fascinated with relationships, yeah. with human connection and sure. human behavior. That's always been my gig. Yeah. But I subscribed to their newsletter or something, and I would get these emails and I was like, this stuff is fascinating. Right. I don't really I don't think I've ever been, no one has ever taught me, and I'm guessing no one ever taught you mm. how specifically to relationship. So that was, that was my first, I was cleaning houses. Mm, mm-hmm. I was like literally a cleaning lady. And my friends are like, Jill, what are you doing? <laughs> you're not a cleaning lady. Like you're a coach. Cause I had been in a coaching track that I ended up abandoning. When True. my marriage fell apart, I was like, who am I? Right. To I, I can't tell anybody <laughs> right. anything. Like I, yeah. my life's a mess. Yeah. I have no legs to stand on here. So. I originally went to my first three-day Hendrix. It's called the Evolutionary Playground, and they still do it. They yeah. do it over Zoom. They're mm-hmm. amazing. And if you don't know who Gay and Katie Hendrix are, they're this uh, beautiful older couple. Mm-hmm. I guess we could even call them elderly now. I really think they're in their late seventies or mm-hmm. early eighties. Mm-hmm. When I studied under them, they had been together for forty plus years. At that point, right. they taught. They taught together, and they were just gaze at each other mm-hmm. longingly like they were in love yeah. it was clear yeah. and i was like i don't know what they have right but i want it
0: yeah sure
1: whatever they're selling i'm buying it whatever they're you know i want i want to eat what they're cooking and that starts so then i started studying under them and and there i continue to study their work because it's something you practice over and over and over again right. I also studied a little bit under Christina Rilo, and she's in the self-love space. She's written several books um, about learning to love yourself, and you know, tapping into the inner mean girl—that's you know, those voices inside of you. I'm trying to think what else. Um, I practice EFT tapping, Mm -hmm. some other healing modalities, something called process healing. Um, Gosh, yeah, and just read, and I just read and read and study and wherever I'm kind of led.
0: I love that. I, I think, I mean, I can certainly relate to a lot of that too. You know, there was a point, um, really back in 2018 where things had become so un, 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 kind of unbeknownst to me. Like I could, I, I knew that I was in pain. I knew that I was suffering both in my marriage and my business, my financial, all of these things, right. That, um, But I couldn't like really catch a bead on it, you know, and I think that, um, I mean, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, let's say, I'm just going to, like, these are the words that are coming to mind, like, like denying our purpose or (laughs) denying our calling.
1: That magical land of denial.
0: How that, like, how that can really, I mean, I mean, you and I share a lot of common Thoughts about the world and the universe and things like that, you know, but, but, um, we know intuitively that we're being pulled to a place, right? Of service, of healing, of even just being, um, as positive of an example out in the world as we can possibly be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for probably decades, I feel like I just denied that, right? Like, um, unhealthy behaviors, uh, unhealthy habits, um, you know, not, not understanding, um, how to love myself, you know, I think was just deeply painful, you know? And, and so you compound that over 20 or 30 years and you just end up as like, you know, I mean, some, like a train wreck, you know? Um, so as you were talking about, uh, the Hendrix, um, it got me thinking about um, that awakening, right? Is kind of the word. That
1: was the word I was thinking of too. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and you know, you and I were talking the other day about allowing as well, right. Allowing ourselves to um, step into a place where we're just embodying our purpose. Right. Um, So I'm just curious about like, the idea maybe of, you know, destiny or calling in terms of like,
1: mm-hmm. you,
0: and I'm thinking about from like a coaching standpoint or from a healing standpoint or from, you know, frankly, uh, you know, something that I think maybe you, we might talk to our clients about, right? Like if there's friction in their lives, if there's, um, dissatisfaction whether it's in relationship or outside of relationship um you know how i mean i guess my question is how much do you think uh this denial of self like your core purpose you know an unwillingness to um develop self-knowledge has like a detrimental effect on your experience it says
1: uh uh, percentage, right? A hundred, a <laughs> hundred. The I in coaching terms, it's called alignment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'll say to a client, right? So there's if there's four wheels on the car, it's it's uh, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, mm-hmm. and you're driving along, and you're like, because you, the universe is always speaking, God. Source, right. the divine, whatever words you assign to something greater than yourself is always speaking, whether it be like you look at the clock and it says 11-11 <laughs> right, right. or, um, you know, you say something at home during a conversation with another person and you go and meet with a friend and your friend literally says back to you the same phrase that you just said earlier. And you're like, well, that's weird. Right. I was just talking about mm-hmm. that. Things like that. Um, those... It, those things are, so alignment is when everything is in flow. It's, right. you're happy. There's an ease. There's a, but most of us live out of alignment. So as many of us drive a car, you know, as soon as your car gets out of alignment, now it's either going to pull to the right. It's going to pull to left, it's going right. to, it, there's going to be a vibration right. or your wheel makes that loud noise. And what we, most of us do is we turn up the radio.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Right? Yeah.
1: My heart is making this noise. <laughs> yeah. Let's just turn up the beasties, right? right, right. Just cause right. just and then I don't have to hear it. And that's how most of us live. Right. I live like that for 20 plus years and in a marriage. My my um my inner wisdom, that voice that is wired into every one of us was saying, like, you're out of alignment mm-hmm. with yourself. But, you know, I was also raised in the church. And mm. so that was, the implication of that was selfishness. Mm. The implication of that was self-glorification um, right. or self-centeredness. And right. that's all a big no-no right. in religion. Right. And it's funny because I was just having this conversation with my mom the other day. And I said to her, you know, sadly for me, I'll speak for me, um, being raised in the church taught me to turn off the voice of my intuition. And some people call that the Holy Spirit in sure, the church. Sure. And it was, you listen to that man and what he said right. and that teacher and what they said. And you read this book and do what it says. But when that thing inside of you, right, when the wheels wobbling, right. you just turn up the radio Yeah, and then you're out of alignment. Yeah. And most people live out of alignment. Yeah. They don't know how they feel. They don't know where in their body they're feeling it, and and they're just turning up the radio. Yeah. And then if you ask people, like, are you happy? If I said to you, Weston, are you happy? I don't know what your answer would be. When people say to me, like, you seem so happy. It's like, I'm so fucking happy. Right. I've never been this happy in my life. Right. My life is full of ease and flow and beauty and, like... But it took some discomfort to get
0: here. Yeah, sure.
1: To take the car to the shop.
0: And yeah. Get that. Yeah. I mean, it really shows. I think that's probably what I've I felt was like most attractive about you. You know, it's just that um, ebullient personality. You know, you're you're like, in, th- in I mean, we all have up days and down days, right? I mean, we all turn the radio up, right? And I, I love that analogy because I mean, frankly, that could be many things, right? That could be. Um, substance abuse that could be pornography that could be um, affairs that could be overwork it could be avoidance it could be all these things um, that create distraction from what the core problem is you know Um, I am pretty happy by the way yes Um, but that's actually a great I think segue into thinking about how we come into relationship right Mm -hmm. Um, if we've got this sort of like unaddressed uh, um, not deficiency I don't want to say that but we've got this unaddressed stuff in our lives and you know one of the ways of turning up you know the radio is to go find a lover or jump on a dating app or um, just rando pick up people at a bar and, and do things like that you know and i mean i know we we both know people that are like that we I, I mean i've certainly done that in my past as well you know and um and so i'm curious like i think there's probably two two things that we could talk about one would be how does or you know what's what's the process from an individual like especially maybe they find themselves single Desiring a relationship or does I mean, because humans thrive on connection and all of that. Um, but yet just kind of bull in a china closet when it comes to sort of like re entering that fray, yeah. you know. Um, I know for myself, I this past year, like during the um, you know, when the pandemic started, uh, I think maybe this was partially because of that, but also then it became this very intentional practice of just being single and celibate for essentially the entirety of 2020. Um, and it was a huge like reset for me in terms of like how I wanted to show up in all relationships really. But I mean, if we're talking about like, you know, intimate, loving relationships, um, what's the process? Someone can, <laughs> Can go through. I mean, it's very unique and to the individual. Yeah, right? but, for
1: sure. You know, I used to think, and I actually think I used to teach this, that you needed to be, a, you know, if you broke up or if you got out of a marriage or if you got out of, you needed to be alone. You mm-hmm. needed to be alone. And do I think there's value in that? 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know people who literally can't be alone. Right. They either are, are out and about all the time or they're filling their time with mm-hmm. Whatever distraction, fill in, mm-hmm. fill in the. But being alone or being in, let me let me say that different. Being in solitude mm-hmm. is very difficult. Mm. So I think step one, honestly, is can you be in solitude? I had a client once who I asked her to spend four minutes in solitude every day, and she was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> you mean I get what? No, can't yeah. meditate to an app, right?" Can't turn on the music.
0: Just right. be with you. Right. Close
1: your eyes. Breathe. Be with you. Four minutes. She was like, "Wow, that
0: was hard." Right. Right.
1: So solitude, I think, is really important. If you can't be alone, you're going to, whether you realize it or not, you're going to make bad dating choices,
0: mm-hmm.
1: bad relationship choices. Because then you you don't like your own company, then you're going to be constantly looking to fill that space with company right. that may not be suitable for you so solitude for sure and that was you know after being married for a long long time right there's always people around yeah. there's always a husband or a wife or a a partner or a, a child or yeah. t- children or yeah. whatever and it's like to sit alone especially on a sunday night
0: yeah Ooh, yeah sunday nights yeah, yeah. they're killer for sure
1: solitude i would say start there and the next thing I mean, I've, I've written courses mm-hmm. on this topic, mm-hmm. but the next thing I would say is, would you date you?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I
1: mean, that's just I have a, I have a really t- tight knit friend group, yeah. and we, you know, some of us are dating, some of us are intentionally celibate, yeah. some of us are new in relationships, but we talk, we all share experiences, and that came up recently.
0: Would you date yeah. you? do you feel like people are like, I mean, you have to answer that question honestly, because I do feel like some, you know, if you're not attuned to what your ego is trying to do, you know, like again, you just, it's unhelpful. Right. But I love that question. I think that's powerful. Yeah.
1: And I would say the third thing would be get clear, get Mm. crystal fucking clear. People are out there just going like, You know, I've been alone a while. I just want a a boyfriend. I just want a boyfriend. And then, you know, they don't understand why the people they attract look like the people that they attract look like the people they attract. I don't know. Why do I keep dating men that are busy? All the men I date are busy. Busy, busy, but like to the point where it's in their dating Uh, profile. Everyone's busy. I don't understand it. Really? You don't
0: understand that?
1: If there's a pattern... There's a limiting belief. There's right. something underneath the, right. the surface. So I uh, shared this recently on one of my Instagram posts that I made a list. I started a while back and I made a list. And and honestly, that list was born out of an experience that I'd had with somebody i dated previously mm-hmm. uh, for a long time. And over time, that person started to show up differently mm-hmm. in the relationship. And I was like, oh, I liked this. Right. I liked that. That right. I liked. And so I started writing down characteristics because I've, I've had these conversations with women. They're like, well, I don't, I don't understand. What do I write down? Right. And I'm like, well, start with what you don't like and then flip that. Right. right? If you were, if you, someone lied to you, then you want honesty. Right. If someone t- clammed up during arguments, you want someone who can express themselves. Sure. Start there. And do it f- five, five things a day. What are you looking for in a, in a partner? Write down five things a day and take a week to do it. And bam, look at your paper. You've got 35 things just like that. Yeah. Most people have no clue what they're looking for. They <laughs> just think like, I'm just looking for someone. Cause what they're chasing is the high, right. the adrenaline hit, right? Right. The chemistry, yeah, can yeah. the chemistry. Yeah. Well, here, here's a newsflash people. But the tingly parts right they don't tingle three years down the road like yeah. things start to calm down yeah. and then you have to think like am i is this person my friend yeah. do we even like the same things do we have anything to talk about can we resolve conflict
0: oh my god right
1: can let me say that one again can we resolve conflict
0: right you know i i mean i i love that and I recently just finished, um, I started this book at the end of last year and just finished The Road Less Traveled by Scott Peck. I've been, you I that feel book. like I... <laughs> He's the representative for the book. <laughs> poor Scott Peck. It's too bad he passed away. It's like, too I bad. Would just he could be, hire you. Yeah, I would be like either the president of his marketing or mm. I would just... Of his be fan club. Fan, fan club. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but that book, honestly, like if you haven't read The Road Less Traveled...
1: This and a commercial.
0: Blur. You're in this place in your <laughs> life where you're looking to get in relationships. I would say so. There was the one by Gay and K. Hendricks that you, yeah, that um, you gave. Con-
1: uh, conscious Loving.
0: Conscious Loving Ever After, right?
1: Well, that was for us 40 plusers. Oh, but God. 40- people. <laughs> <laughs> the original book was Conscious Loving. That
0: one's fantastic. Yeah. Finding the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks. Hendricks well. with an X. With an X. We'll do all this in the show notes okay, so you can like, pick it okay. up. Okay. And um, I mean, there's so, there's so many more, but those two, and then also the road, less travel, which is so powerful. I haven't read that one. What he talks about in there is that love um, is a, and I'm going to, I'm going to misquote it, of course, but essentially his idea is that when you love somebody, you are in creating an environment where they can thrive spiritually, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And... That is such a like romantic love is a myth. Sexual, co- you know, connection is like hit or miss sometimes. Yep. Like you're going to go through all of these the conflict, right? Yep. Um, but if you are devoted to this act of nurturing the spiritual growth of your partner, man, I mean that. Yeah. I read that and I was like, holy shit! Yeah, I got the chills a, when you said that. What an intense way. It's true.
1: Well, because you and I just did a little installment of my weekly talk on sex on Instagram called Sex on Saturdays. And um, your question for me was, what is that one characteristic? Mm -hmm. How did the question go?
0: Yeah. If a a man could bring like one characteristic into the bedroom that, that is important to you, what would that be? And I said safety. Yeah.
1: And so what you just said that Scott Peck said was like that... We need to uh, collectively be creating an environment for our partner to feel safe to grow and expand. And if every time they leave the house without you, you're jealous or you're angry or you're, you know what I'm saying? If you've got these, if you haven't, if you can't be in solitude, if you are fearful, if you're right. And then we can go into attachment styles and all that stuff. But I'm saying like, if you're not okay with you to the degree that you can create a safe environment for mm-hmm. your partner to be mm-hmm. who they are. Mm-hmm. Then
0: what? It's tough. Well, okay. So then what? Right. I think this is, and I'm. I know that we've got a little bit of, um, uh, a little bit of a time constraint because I know you've got some stuff to do today, and, that, and that's that's fine. Oh, we've got. We're good. I think for five minutes. perfect. Okay, so. Let's just say I've been doing the work because I have, you have, right? When you and I met last summer, we were both sort of in this place of like celibacy and we were like sort of connecting on that and that's curious and, and, uh, and okay. And, and we're, you know, you're doing this internal work, you're journaling, you're meditating, you're cool with being alone, all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And let's say you start, now you're starting to sort of like, you know, Open the door, look outside. Yeah. You know, um, maybe you're jumping on a dating app. Maybe you're just deciding to say yes and go out with your friends and Mm -hmm. meet some people. Yeah. So then you start to like bump into other folks, right? Who are, let's just say you're just bumping into folks. Don't know anything about them other than what might be on their profile or what they present to you in public. Mm Mm-hmm. How, like, how important in the, I guess, those early phases of a relationship, I want to make sure I ask this the right way, right? (laughs) Is it like, we're doing a lot of work on ourselves, right? Ideally, um, we would like to have a partner that we connect with that shares that same sort of mindset and or vision for their life. I mean, do you feel like... That's a real proving ground for like the future success of a relationship and or, you know, they're like this sort of mutual spiritual growth support.
1: Um, yes, that's the short answer. Okay. The longer answer is it may not look exactly as you think it should look. Mm. Or let me speak for myself. It may not look exactly like I thought it should look right. When I was in my previous relationship, the the one, the long-term one that I had after my marriage ended, I thought that he needed to read the books that I read and go to the workshops that I went to and listen to the podcasts that I listened to. And I thought that he needed to do it like I was doing it. Right. And so while I was all entangled in my masculine energy right. and trying to work out my own worthiness issues. What I was doing to him was letting him know he wasn't doing it right, Mm, which mm. really is just a projection of my own wounding onto him. So when he did do something that was open minded or growth or expansion minded, I think to your question, how important is it to have someone like minded or maybe on the path on the path, yes. On their path, right. yes. Right. Um, but being open to it looking different sure. than the way I do it sure. has been a huge part of my journey. So is this person open mm. or closed?
0: Yeah. I like Some
1: people say, is this person have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? That's another mm-hmm. uh polarizing or what, you know, sure. the two, the two ends of the spectrum, sure. you know, you want to be with someone who is growth minded, but then, then I don't know. Sometimes Weston, that word growth seems like,
0: well, we all are a balance of both, right? Like we probably have, there's some fixed aspects of our mindset. There's some, you know, ones that are a little bit more um, malleable, you know, flexible, like, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. And
1: But that's why rather than growth and fixed, I liked open or closed because oh I feel like if, if you're relationshiping with someone and they're open yeah. to have a conversation yeah. or open to consider a different perspective. Yeah.
0: Or, Let me say something because I do feel like it, we, we share a, um, a common background of being raised in the church. Right. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think whether it was just through practice or osmosis or, being in the church every time the doors were open, but there was definitely some sort of idea—not ideal, but an idea about <clears throat> how somebody ought to live their life, an ex- "quote unquote" acceptable way for somebody to live their lives, mm-hmm. right? And so, for the longest time, it was like I'm only going to date you know girls that are Christians, mm-hmm. and um, and yet. You know, maybe we were doing again, quote unquote, unchristian things like dr- going out to the bar and having a drink. You know, having sex with each other. Sorry, mom and dad, that happened. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know just it. Kidding. <laughs> it didn't really happen. <laughs> it Didn't really happen. Um, you know, but things that were you know sort of counter to yeah. that sort of morality that yeah. was over. It was a uh, a fabrication in some ways. You know. Yeah. And, and as, as far as I have grown from that place, uh, that sort of like mental construct to where I am now, I still, f- still feel it sometimes come up and feel a little bit judgy about, oh, you you're not into this kind of same stuff that I'm into, you know, mm. um, and I wonder if that's a, you know, if that creates a little bit of a disservice, you know, to that person, right? Because it doesn't honor their experience. And frankly, and I'm speaking for myself, as someone who really does love people, you know, who really cares about, um, you know, their, their self-actualization. It's unfair to, I think, to say, oh, well, you're you're not into this thing. It's right, like. I think that's I think that's a that's a, a place where we could bring compassion into the situation. I mean, yes, there's going to be you know red flags that show up in relationships and and just you know non negotiable stuff that that shows up, um, but holding space for like another person's experience, being a a lighthouse in that relationship.
1: Yeah, conscious relationship. The spirit of conscious relationshiping, mm-hmm. as I've been taught Mm -hmm. and as I understand it is look is coming home first Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. it's it's turning your attention inward yeah and getting curious staying curious about what is going on inside of me Mm. am I judging this person and where they're at Mm. because ultimately I'm judging myself right I is this a projection right am I projecting my stuff on this person that's been humbling for me over exactly. and over and yeah. over again. Yeah. And the deeper that I get into the truth of my worthiness, the less judgment I yeah. have. Well, because ultimately I'm just, just the hardest person on me is myself. right. So I notice that when I'm judging someone else's experience, that it usually is some clue to, a pro- a, there's some projection there. Yeah. I'm putting something that belongs to me on someone else. Yeah, And that's the heart and the kind of the essence of conscious relationshiping is what am I bringing into this moment, into mm-hmm. this situation, into this pattern, into this conversation, mm-hmm. into the, right? It's not like you made me feel mad. It's yeah. I, I, I'm feeling mad. I'm right. having these feelings. They're mine. Right. You didn't make me do anything.
0: Boy, it's- but how big of a part of our conversation is that, right? You made me blah, blah, blah. You know? Ooh, you're awfully powerful.
1: I just gave all my power away to right. you. Right. If you can make me mad. Now, can you do things that bring up feelings inside of me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And... What is my body telling me about yeah. that? Is that good? Is that bad? Is that, is that, I mean, good and bad is probably, that's judgmental. Is this like,
0: <sighs> yeah, do I want right? to stay
1: in this situation? That's the other thing. Yeah. It's like, do does you, you it know?
0: serve me? Right. Maybe versus good yeah. or bad. Right. It's like, is Correct. this serving me or not? You know, perfect. And I wonder, like, I, what was coming up for me as you were saying that was like, was a question of like, what do you think is our biggest problem? Right. You sound like an actual conversation you
1: had if <laughs> somebody said that. What do you think is our, you know, this feels like a setup.
0: <laughs> right. Not, be, not between you and I, but what do you think, like, if we were talking about maybe just men and women um, or humans... Right, like what do you what do you think our biggest problem? Like it, it, again, within very the context
1: feelings of this. what
0: we're talking about, right? Because yeah. yeah. I have an idea.
1: I think our biggest problem as a society is our lack of ability to take personal responsibility.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Radical personal responsibility. Yeah. We have no idea what's going on inside of us. We think everything. We're well. Let's talk about the Cartman drama triangle. Right? How familiar you are? No, right? I'm not it's the, yeah. it's Educate the, me. The. They draw a triangle out on a piece of paper and what's on the triangle is victim,
0: mm-hmm.
1: bad guy, who's the other guy? Good guy, bad guy.
0: Okay.
1: Victor. Or rescue. Sorry, rescuer. Okay. Right. So there's got to be a hero or a rescuer. Right. There's a victim. Right. And there's a bad guy.
0: Right. So
1: let me see if you can get a visual. I have to get a visual in my head. So you've got a rescuer, a bad guy, and a victim. Yeah. And... What we do is we live on this triangle. Everybody lives on this triangle. It's how we were taught, right? Right. If I'm hurting, it's someone's fault. Right. Well, that makes me a victim. Sure. Now I'm no longer in control of my own life because I'm a victim because you're the bad guy. Right. And then what do I need? I need someone to hero me. Right. Someone to just swoop in and rescue me from you. Right. Or I need you to rescue me from you. Yeah, so people, we jump around this whole, even the way we communicate mm-hmm. with each other, in our business emails, in our right, in our life with our friends, with our siblings, our family, everybody's on the triangle. Yeah. They're either playing the victim, somebody's the bad guy, and we all need to be rescued right. in some kind of way. And that's what we do in relationships Right. because we don't have any tools. So what's the problem? The problem is we're all... No one is taking radical personal responsibility right. for what they're feeling, for <laughs> what they want, and we don't know. We don't have any language around that. We don't have right. any training around that. Right. It's like yeah. we're all just doing the same thing we watched our parents do, or right. whoever relationship ahead of
0: us. Sure. Yeah, it's really curious, isn't it? How much time we spend on, and again, I'm not, you know poo-pooing the modern education system a little bit yeah you know but um but it really is I, I think uh a disservice to humanity that we don't that that we kind of if if we succeed in some ways relating to others it feels a little bit accidental right and yeah and i think that um you know what i was thinking about also and this definitely ties into what you were saying is like um an inability to like Truly access feelings in a way that um, not only feels uh, safe for us to sort of experience, mm-hmm. but also, yeah, you know, uh, trusting that, that the person on the other side of those feelings is going to be able to receive that yeah. um, with some non judgmental understanding.
1: What were you going to say that you felt like is the problem?
0: understanding how to communicate our feelings.
1: Yeah. Well, because you have to know what you're feeling before you can communicate what you're feeling.
0: Right. Right. And I don't think you get, you don't even get an understanding of that until you get to the therapist's office. Right? It's true. So if we go to our buddy Traver, and I've heard him say this many times, like, who do I think ought to get therapy? Everybody. Yeah, You know, like every single person on planet earth ought to go to therapy because you can start to
1: learn some emotional literacy.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Emotional intelligence, emotional literacy, a self awareness. Yeah. You know, cause then otherwise what do we do? We kind of sleepwalk through life and just project all our shit on yeah.
0: people. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, as, as you know, I mean, we were going towards like, okay, I've done my work. I'm ready to get in a relationship now. <laughs> maybe, in you know, and it's like, I mean, that's kind of a, an awkward moment to be in, you know? I mean, I think that it's like.
1: Well, you know what we do, what I, what I did, what kept me, you know, in a, in a very unsavory, toxic situation for a very long time was this belief that something outside of myself had the power to. Make me happy. Mm. Something outside of someone, Mm. something, Mm -hmm. some scenario, Mm -hmm. right? Because some people get caught up in a, in a wedding, in a ring, in a, in a a lifestyle, in a dress, in a whatever. Um, But what we do is we just outsource. We outsource our happiness, which is ultimately codependency. Mm -hmm. Codependency is staying embroiled in you know unconsciously embroiled in patterns with another person, right? Um, but codependency is also just outsourcing your happiness. Like, like Hey, if you bring me a turkey sandwich, I'm going to be happy.
0: Right. Wow. Or, or like, if, you're happy, unhappy, if you're happy, I'm happy. If you're exactly, we go to talk about like, you know, yeah. nice guy syndrome and stuff, you right? You want to come like, in?
1: I'm in a good mood. So you're in a good mood. Right. I'm in a bad mood when
0: you're dope. Well, I guess yeah. I got to be in a bad mood. Right.
1: It's yeah. And it's like, we do that in all kinds of crazy ways. Sure. But it's like, you know, you showed up with a ham sandwich and. And I'm mad because you didn't bring turkey. Right. But I never said to you, hey, I would prefer turkey. I just wanted you to read my mind. And it's like, so you see, it's like we're doing this thing where we expect we meet people. We connect. Mm-hmm. That whole thing's kind of funny to me because people are like, oh, it's just, you know, just he's so cute. Or yeah. there's this, there's that. It's like, no, there's there's a deeper meaning to the people we connect with. Sure. You know, there if there were 10 Weston's. Lined up, you know, I'm going to pick the Weston. You guys all look the same, you're in the same right. clothes, right? I'm going to pick the Weston that is more closely connected to my wounding mm. than the other nine Westons. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it works. That's yeah. brain science. You right. think you just, you think you have a type? Ha yeah. ha ha, that's cute. Yeah. You might have a type, but you're t- what's rooted <laughs> deeper in your type is the fact that. This person that you're attracted to, that you've fallen in love with, is just here to show, to mirror back to you yourself.
0: Right. Interesting. Yeah.
1: It's brain science. You want the story to end well. Right. And you're going to pick the person that has the power to destroy you
0: Hmm.
1: or heal you. Hmm. Choose wisely.
0: Right. Choose wisely. (laughs) Right.
1: That's what we're doing out here. And you think it's all like, oh, I really like the shoes. You yeah, know, that's cute. Yeah. No, it's nothing to do with the
0: shoes. Yeah. And I think that, you know, to the degree to which we step into that with like openness. And, you know, we had talked about allowing a couple of weeks ago, like allowing ourselves to like sit in this place. Like for me. That's been, that's difficult, you know, Um, I mean, it's been difficult after, I mean, I, I, I was married for 10 years, but you know, my relationship before that I was in for five or six years, you know, like I can, I can pretty much do commitment. Right. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't do like intimacy. integrity and intimacy. You yeah. know, it's like really, yeah.
1: I'm here with you, but not really.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so learning to like sit with that. And use my words um, to just be non-reactive. Sometimes, uh, I mean, a lot of these are, you know, I guess healthy, masculine, energetic values, right? Um, but uh, I guess that's that's you know the, the the point is like being able to you know step into a relationship for both men and women in a, in a way that like honors. Um, who you are as a person, who that other person is, <clears throat> not running from a situation the moment you become uncomfortable, uh, which maybe brings up also a question that I might have is like, Brings up stuff. How do you know it's time to go? You know, like, yeah. how much is too much? You know, like there's obvious things, right? Right. But if it's just like, <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, how much Born of it
0: or yeah. I'll just, how much I'll, of
1: it is avoidance?
0: hmm mm-hmm. I
1: had to face that in my you know, when I left my marriage, right? I'm all wounded. You know, I get this picture of, <laughs> to call myself a rescued dog, like <laughs> on the shelter, right? I've been beaten with the broom right, covered and all in this arrows. stuff. Yeah, like yeah, twitching. Yeah. You know, and, hey, don't open the microwave and <laughs> <gonna> start freaking <laughs> out. Right. Um, and I did, I felt like that for a long time. Um but the, I totally lost my train of thought. When do you know it's time to go? Or, oh, the avoidance, the yeah, avoidance. Yeah. I lost my train of thought. So at first I was like, nope, I'm out of here. Nope, that, nope, I'm out of here. Yeah. Nope, that that looks too familiar. Nope, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, what I learned was that if you are with the person that is going to help you heal the mm-hmm, stuff... Mm-hmm. It's not that you're not triggered. Mm-hmm. Things are going to happen. Behaviors that seem familiar. Behaviors that seem like red flags. Right. Are going to pop up. Does this person stay with you to clean it up? Mm. Can you resolve conflict? Mm. Um, something happened the other day. I misunderstood a communication in my current partnership yeah and I was triggered yeah I felt rejected Mm. it took me 12 plus hours to figure that out Uh. but it was a miscommunication I interpreted it a certain way why because that's happened to me before sure and before and the time before that right I was with other people who were indeed being hurtful or were indeed And so, to stay in alignment and integrity with myself, I spoke up and I said, hey, when this happened, like, I noticed what was going on inside of me was I felt rejected. Mm. And his response was, that's not, that wasn't my intention at all. Yeah. And I don't want to hurt you. And I don't want you, I choose you. Mm. He said to me, I choose you. And Mm. I was like, well, what's the opposite of rejection is... Being chosen. Yeah. So in that moment, that person, whoever that person is to you or to mm-hmm. anyone listening, when that person immediately says, "Well, that's not what happened at all. Right. That's this is what I said yeah. and you didn't even you write that defensiveness." Right.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: Look at the Gottman's four horsemen of right, right what ruins the relationship killers. Right. Defensiveness. Yeah. If you're dealing with someone who When you come to them with a conflict or a feeling or an emotion and they can't sit with you in your feelings, when you're communicating your feelings without blame or shame or Mm -hmm. criticism, you're just saying, I just said, like, hey, I noticed I felt rejected. Right. He didn't go, I didn't reject you. What do you say? Right. But I've been with people who do that. Yeah, sure. So then this is a person who clearly can be with their own feelings because I just brought him mine. Mm Mm-hmm and he didn't run. He didn't get defensive. He didn't get mean. He didn't dismiss me. How do you know? Is it a red flag right. or is it a do you stay it's does this person hold space for you? Can they sit with you in your in their feelings? Right. Which takes me all the way back to solitude. Yeah. Because if you can't be with yourself and your feelings, how are you going to hold space for someone else in their feelings? Yeah. That's going to be like feel all kinds of crazy and scary and like, whoa, what do you mean you're sad, mad, frustrated, whatever.
0: Right. Fill in the blank, yeah.
1: Yeah. You have to be able to be with yourself and what you're feeling. Yeah. And be okay with that. As uncomfortable as that is. But to the point of the red flags, like how do you know? Am I being avoidant? Right. So an earlier version of me probably would have been like, Fuck that guy! Right, wall, wall, sure. weird behavior. You know, don't answer the text messages. Be snarky on the phone, right? right? right. Those are our coping mechanisms, yeah, yeah. and it's like people aren't mind readers, right? I had to, right? I had to dial it down. Yeah. All right, Jill. What is going on yeah. inside of you? Yeah. And how can you communicate that in a way that doesn't assign blame? Yeah. I didn't say to him, you rejected me. Yeah. I just said, I'm noticing this is the feeling
0: that's coming up. Right.
1: So that's a whole education.
0: Yeah, no, I, that's amazing. I'm glad that worked out for you. How did you feel after that?
1: I felt seen. I felt heard. I felt understood. Good. Yeah.
0: That feels really good.
1: That feels really good. Yeah. And that's, that's. That's safety. Mm-hmm. That's what safety looks like. That's what it feels like. That's right. someone who can let you say what you need to say, and they're not ready to come out guns blazing and right. mow you down. Right. So red flags? Red flags to me is like, can we resolve conflicts?
0: Right. It's great. I mean, even if there's just one flag, like that's a good one. Yeah. Right? I yeah.
1: mean, you've been married. Would you, would you agree to that?
0: I I think that's actually a big part of what I needed to own, you know, was my own emotional unavailability for a big period of my life, you know, and many of the relationships that I had up until that point, you know, I just didn't have the vocabulary to, or, um, the self-awareness to really empathize with what was going on, you know, um, and it breaks my heart to kind of say that, you know, because I know that, I mean, it hurt me, it hurt my family, you know, it, it hurt the other person, right? And um, and so, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, like, I would have called myself out as being a red flag in a relationship. Like, this guy, like, you know, he sort of um, presents pretty well, charismatic, you know, um, fun to be around, um, scintillating vocabulary, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was the word you used earlier about that? Uh, oh,
0: expostulating?
1: Expostulating. Yeah, that's
0: my favorite. <laughs> I'll put that in the show notes too.
1: Expostulating. Um,
0: but that I think that's, you know, there was also like a denial of who I really am, which is someone who deeply cares for people, wants to heal, wants to hold space for everybody, you know, but especially my partners, right? Yeah. Denying that person tonight. So here comes this like shadow yucky dude. Yeah. You know, and shit man, I mean, I, I wouldn't take back the last 20 years of my life, but I wish I would have had an on ramp into that awareness much earlier, yeah. you know. And that's kind of actually some of the focus of the work that I that I do, you know, it's like trying to, you know, get at men earlier yeah. to talk about this stuff rather than trying to like heal in, you know, our ancient late forties. Yeah. Right.
1: I take every chance I get to tell my son. Yeah. He's 21. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm starting out with my, with my boy Arlo, you know, he's yeah. like 12 now about to be 13. Perfect. I mean, yeah. it's Super important. Perfect. You know?
1: Yeah. I've got him reading, um, <clears throat>
0: the road i traveled.
1: David Dita. <laughs> oh God. Dita.
0: Yeah. Way of the Superior the Man. Way of the
1: Superior Man. I love it. And he posts, he posts high, he screenshots and that's puts great. it on his Instagram. And I that's was
0: great. like, yes. Yeah. That's a great book. we getting him. We're getting him. Um, So I want to wrap up with kind of something that might be fun. I don't really know. Maybe it will be. <laughs> um, Since you sort of uh, work in this world, I know. Um, since you sort of work in this world what advice would you give to people Um, and it sounds like I wrote this question down and I totally didn't I'm just like riffing off the top of my head but I I'm with someone now she and I have been together for about a month and a half it's going really nicely I love it Um, and we met on a dating app yeah just crazy like I I think when I um, was ending 2020 I was like okay look man You need to be brave. You need to, you know, kind of just explore some different options, right? Like, just because I think you originally
1: said to me, like, I don't know about that dating app stuff. I don't think I'm going to do that or something to that effect. It's still like, oh, you're cute. I
0: know it's still, (laughs) it it, it still feels a little yucky to me, just in terms of like the quick assessment of somebody one way or the other. That feels yucky to me, yeah. Um, and I'm also really happy with like how things went. Right. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question was, you know, in that world, um, I'm a big fan of your fish posts, you know, but (laughs) if you could, uh, just give people some advice about, um, maybe even just one suggestion when you're creating a dating profile, um, and maybe it's obvious, I don't really know, but, but what would be you know one or two things you would say to somebody if they're just going into that space and kind of like about creating up a, profile. a profile yeah to, if they're if they're really you know earnestly looking to mm. you know set themselves up for success in that world
1: well on a, on a very practical level I would say um simple things right like use current pictures of yourself mm. men tend to post either old pictures or pictures that are really don't accentuate their best features,
0: mm.
1: gentlemen. Knock it off with the sun, with the sunglasses.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: We don't want to. We want to see your eyes. Right. I know you think you look cool with a hat and sunglasses on, <laughs> but we want to see your face. Right. We want to see your eyes, and we want to see your smile. If you have friends, great. Take a picture with your friends, but, like, I shouldn't be trying to fish you out of a crowd. Like, Uh which one are you? (laughs) I don't want to see that you were in the Marine Corps in 1942. Um, But if you're, you must have at least one, a daughter, a girlfriend, a co-worker, someone who can go through the pictures in your phone and go, this looks like you. That looks like you. Your smile looks great here. Ask for help. Mm. Because right, this is—you never get a second chance to make a first impression. It's so true, and it's like if someone, you—you may be missing out on meeting really great people because your pictures are crummy. So on a practical level, ask for help, ladies. Knock it off with the filters. Men, knock it off. (laughs) Knock it off. Just stop.
0: That's literally. I gotta be honest with you. I. I just think that's one of the worst inventions in social media. right? And
1: I get it. Listen, I'm 49 years old. I have wrinkles, little creases in my eyes, right? Listen, the man for me is going to think it's great. Yeah. And the man for you is going to think you're perfect. So knock it off. And that is just a deep worthiness thing, right? I get it. You know, the kitty ears and the weird, like, stop. Just post who you are. Embrace your. Learn to love yourself and all of you. Even if you're 40 pounds heavier than you were three years ago, right. post it. Somebody's gonna love you just like you are, yeah. just exactly who you are. When you're writing a blip, right? You only have so many characters. When you write, keep it positive. Right. Keep it upbeat. Nobody wants to hear that. Oh, does anyone really want to meet on this app? Right. It's like who's you know, no drama. Like, what does that mean? Like, life is full of drama. <laughs> sure. Like, if your profile says no drama, I'm thinking, man, you you probably be kicking up yeah. some drama. Yeah. <laughs> to stay away from that yeah. guy. Um, yeah, if you love sports, say you love sports. If you if you if you like, you know, just say what you like. Say what because then someone's going to read it. But don't get into the like. Don't overshare. Nobody needs to know about your last
0: relationship. Right, right. right. Like, what about like, if you have kids? Okay, so, like, what I mean, this is just, I mean, I'm just asking because I have kids. Yeah. Um, what about, you know, them? What wow, about that's them? the weirdest question I've ever asked. No, but its right?
1: it's a really good question because yeah. I also find in the. I've always wanted to create a male profile so I could go through and see what women's profiles Uh look like.
0: uh Do women post pictures with their children? Sometimes Uh, the, the ones that I saw like before, I actually have a commitment with, with this woman that I'm with now that like neither of us are doing that anymore. Right. So I'm trying to think back to like when I was, when you were swiping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it'd be like, you know, you'd look at the profile and say, um, no kids or don't have want someday or whatever, whatever the thing right. I'm on, Bumble. I'm on Bumble. I don't know if everything yeah. is the thing. Right. Um, but then you see him with a kid and they're like, PS, that kid's not mine. You know? And it's like, okay. But yeah. like I show, you know, a father of two, I I had a picture of me and my son, me and my daughter. And, and then I was like, maybe this feels weird. I don't know. And I took him down.
1: Yeah. I think that was a good call. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: I mean, I actually just thought about it from like their perspective. Plus, your kids are older. Right.
1: I don't know. I, this is (laughs) strictly, look, there's no science, there's no life coaching stuff in any of this. And what this part, Um, I don't, I never posted pictures of me with my children on my dating profile. And I do think there's something a little weird about it. Cool. I'm glad I. I Take care of that. Yeah, because clean you, that up. I, I I do when I'm yeah. looking at men, and I'm thinking like, well, and, and for men, it's kind of like I think men, it's like men with puppies at a park. You know, right. they think like, look, I'm a dad. I'm a right. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying like, you know, proud dad of two. Right. Or whatever. In your dating profile, if you feel compelled to do that, right. I never mentioned my kids in my but my mm. kids are also older. Sure, sure. So, you know, and what was impressionable to me is as I'm swiping, if someone has young children, for me, that wasn't something I was particularly interested in, yeah. you know, because I'm looking for a long-term relationship. And do I want to help raise someone's four or five, six-year-old? Yeah. That's not right for me. Yeah, yeah. That's just, that's just not in alignment with what I want, yeah. however shitty they may, that may sound. Sure. We all have preferences.
0: Sure.
1: Um, okay, so that's the practical stuff. The intangible would be this: if you are online dating, I think it's fair to say mm-hmm. that you can meet quality people mm-hmm. online.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, remember that the shitty attitude that you bring when you when you pull up that app mm-hmm. is going to translate into mm-hmm. your experience. Mm-hmm. So, energetically speaking, mm-hmm. whether or not you believe in energy, it is all. It, it is. It's. We're all connected in the universe. Yeah. If you're in a bad mood. If you're in a, a down spiral, downward spiral mm-hmm. or you know you just generally think that men are there aren't any good men out there right. or or men are this or men are that however you would finish that sentence and and filling that with things like men are liars, cheaters, th- this, that yep. they don't reach out, nobody calls me, blah blah whatever your story is, yeah. clean up your story before you get online. Mm. Because mm-hmm. in my personal experience, and in the experience of people I work with and my friends, you tend to attract what you believe is is right. It's confirmation bias, yeah, is sure, what it is. Sure. So if you're like, I hate these dating apps, I hate online dating. Sure. Well, guess what? You're gonna fire up the app, and you're gonna be swiping and not have any good luck. Yeah. Or yeah. the people you attract are gonna be crummy Dead
0: people. In. Yeah. Sure. So
1: if you are intentional instead of just mindlessly. Swiping, yeah. which is people play it like a video game. Yeah, sure. I have friends that just are almost addicted right. to their swiping. Sure. If you set an intention before you tap on the app and fire it up, you know what? Today, today could be the day. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to connect with some really good quality people.
0: Yeah.
1: I have been on uh, dates, first dates with people that weren't a love connection who I'm still friends with. Right. 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 I uh, have a friend. She has connected with people, a business from a business perspective, mm-hmm. all kinds of ways. Yeah. So if you go in and your heart is open and your attitude is positive. Yeah. Anything's possible. I love that. That's the intangible thing. Yeah. Yeah. So ditch the shitty attitude. I love it. And have fun. If it's not fun, don't do it.
0: Yeah. I can honestly say um, it was kind of fun. For the time I was oh, doing
1: it. Good. So, and that's, I, I think that has everything to do with the fact that you've met someone, a high quality person. Yeah. Cause they're uh, on there, you know, or they're absolutely. low quality people. Sure. Yeah. Same at a same anywhere else in the world sure. that you're going to meet people.
0: Sure. Um, this has been really fun today. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I again, we could go on and on about yeah, all this stuff, but we I talked think about
1: what we thought we were going to talk about. But...
0: This is pretty good though. I think there's some really good stuff here. Um, so before I hit the um, stop button on here, how can people connect with you online or in your business, things like that?
1: Online you can find me. Instagram's my platform, mm. social media platform of choice. I am Coach Jilly with a y. Um, I'm also on Facebook, not as often as Instagram, mm. and I have a website, Coachchilly.com. Awesome. Easy breezy.
0: And if you're on the Instagrams and you follow, uh, Jill, you'll get to see our sex on Saturdays conversation we did earlier today, which was fun.
1: That's super awesome. When are you posting? When are you going to post this podcast?
0: Um, I am going to probably edit it and post it, um, next week when I get, when I get back to new Orleans. So. Um, I just wanted to honor you for all the work that you're doing. Like you've become like a really dear person to me in the last like six months. You know, I'm super grateful to have you in my life. Um, I know it's the first of many conversations that we'll have like this, but, uh, I hope you have fun tonight and <laughs> I am going to go sleep before dinner. I think I need to do that because I, I go got in super walk. late. Yeah. 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 Um, Jill, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Yeah. All right, everybody, we'll talk to you soon. Be good to yourselves and be good to others. that's it for this episode of this life without limits. I hope you will join me again for future shows. If you want to make sure to get the latest episode delivered to you automatically, please take a moment and subscribe on whatever platform you use to enjoy podcasts. Also, if you would take just a moment and drop a review for the show and any thoughts or comments you might feel like sharing, that would go a long way to helping me get this message out to others who need it. I also want to give another shout out to my man, Billy Hayes for his killer work on the music for the podcast. Seriously, brother, you took this from zero to pro in no time at all. Thank you for your friendship and for sharing your talent with me. This Life Without Limits is brought to you without the financial support of advertisers. However, if you like what you hear and would like to support the podcast and the other content I'm putting out, you can show your support at patreon.com forward slash this life without limits. Don't forget to visit westonmcorder.com where you can dig into some further writing on my blog and sign up for my newsletter, Escape Velocity, to learn about upcoming events, webinars, online workshops, coaching services, and a whole lot more. Thanks again for joining me, and I look forward to next time. Until then, here's to a life without limits, my friends.